Our reading from the New Testament comes from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 15. From the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 15, we're going to read verses 1 through 10. Brothers and sisters, let us listen to God's word for us today. Now, all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. Which one of you having a hundred sheep and losing one of them does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. What woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light the lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of the Lord. Please pray with me. Gracious God, when our spirits lived at the beauty of the day, you are Lord. And when chaos threatens to overwhelm and we dread the next news cycle, still you are Lord. Always you are creating, redeeming, and sustaining. Speak then your mercy into this place. Speak your mercy to us until we discover the courage to open our eyes, unclench our hands, and move toward our neighbor in need. Until all the world rises and moves with the rhythm of your grace. For we long to honor the name of Jesus, by whose breath we pray. Speak now to our our hearts. By the power of your Spirit, make these ancient words live, that we might be shaped into your people, eager to bear your claim in the world and to give flesh to your future. For we pray in the name of Jesus, who leads us into life. Amen. Our reading this morning from the gospel, brothers and sisters, begins with a fascinating sentence. Now, all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. It is fascinating to me because tax collectors and sinners are the people who were the least likely to be seen in a religious gathering. Of course, we know that they were probably the people who most needed to hear the message of Jesus the Christ, a message of hope and reconciliation and acceptance and restoration. But they were not allowed to get close because they were the sinners and tax collectors. But we read that they were drawn to Jesus and they paid attention to his message as they were listening to the good news of God in Christ Jesus. And of course, we know what would happen next. 
We know that those people would rub the good, holy, God-fearing church people the wrong way. It always happens. The Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. And maybe you remember way back Acts chapter 11, the same accusation against poor Peter. The, the Pharisees and the scribes, brothers and sisters, were, to put it mildly, annoyed with the quality of people who surrounded Jesus. Maybe they were also upset about the number of people. Luke points out that all the tax collectors and sinners came to listen to Jesus. Speak about something to strive for on rally day here at Mount Pleasant Presbyterian Church. To be known as a church, brothers and sisters, as a congregation where tax collectors and sinners gather with the believers. The Pharisees, who were the super-religious people, and in fact the whole population, did not really like the tax collectors because they were working for the Roman government. And tax collectors were known to be dishonest in the tax collecting, collecting more money than was needed. But the sinners... Well, think about all the groups who evoke contempt in us. Illegal immigrants, poor people, homeless people there on the north side, liberals and conservatives, advocates and critics of gay marriage, people of a race different from ours and Democrats, and Republicans, and Pentecostals, and Muslims, and Panhandlers. Almost every one of us find a reason to dislike and grumble about somebody. And mostly, brothers and sisters, our reason for disapproval of people is not about ritual or religious purity, but is about identity and beliefs. It's about people who behave and think differently from the way that we have learned to behave and to believe. What is a real American? Who is a real Christian? Who belongs? Who should be allowed to live in the United States? Who is worth, uh, worthy of health care benefits and free schooling for their children? Who is allowed to use our sanctuary for weddings? Who gets to decide the answers to these questions? <laughs> well, Jesus, Jesus better find people, better people to hang out with. People who eat and drink the right food and sing the right songs. People who worship on Sunday mornings and people who follow the rules and people who tithe regularly. People who attend Sunday school and do their best to be good members of the community. So in response to their grumbling, Jesus tells a three-part parable. And I hope you noticed that Luke tells us that Jesus told them this parable. And then according to our understanding, we, we get three parables, but it is one parable with three different parts, a complex parable. And we have, of course, only read the first two short parts. 
which also sounds so curiously similar. The third part of this parable we know well, the parable of the prodigal. And each part of these, uh, this parable, brothers and sisters, reveals a different truth about Jesus. The three parts are, are like variations on the same theme, with each building on what we have learned, learned from the previous part to allow us to see a different facet of the same diamond. Now the first part of the parable is called the parable of the lost sheep. And maybe if we didn't miss the sarcasm in this question, we are amazed when Jesus said, which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And we know intuitively No one of us would do that kind of stupid thing. We know how to protect what is ours. What an absurd thing to to leave 99 sheep in the wilderness and to go in search of that one sheep that is lost. But brothers and sisters, this is a different shepherd in our parable. This is a shepherd who has a different type of heart than we have. And according to the parable that Jesus tells, he leaves 99 alone in the wilderness and go in search for the one lost sheep. And when he finds the one sheep, the lost sheep, well, he calls together his friends and neighbors and said to Annette last night, maybe slaughter that damn sheep and get rid of it. And some others too, just to have a great festival. But this isn't what the story said. Jesus, uh, the, the shepherd called together his friends and said, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep that was lost. All the sheep, brothers and sisters, all the sheep, even the one who was lost, belongs to this shepherd. And they are equally important to him. And the shepherd searches for the lost one simply because he is lost for no other reason just because he realizes that he has lost a sheep, not because the sheep deserved anything. And the fact that this sheep was not safe and in potential danger increased its value to him. This sheep needs to be sought after, to be restored to the community so that he may be safe and cared for. And so there is joy in heaven about the fact that the sheep was found. Maybe, maybe we get it, that this part of the parable, the sheep, in a sense, represents the sinners and tax collectors, the people who were not welcome in the community of believers, and that Jesus was seeking after them and hanging out with them because they are lost and they are in danger and they need to be restored to the community. The second part of the parable about the woman who lost one of 10 coins inside her home. And I wondered how it came that she lost a valuable coin. That inside her home and not even outside wandering the streets. But in the parable, Jesus tells us how she searches and lights a lamb and sweeps and looks until she finds the coin. And when she finds the coin, 
she calls together her friends and neighbors and invites them to celebrate with her. So why is this coin so important to the woman? Was it part of a family treasure or a coin worth very much? Don't think it matters in this part of the parable. What matters is that this coin was lost and that she had to find it. And she took extraordinary measures to find a coin that was worth a lot to her. We all know that coins don't wander off by themselves. They don't roll away. This coin wasn't somewhere in the wilderness, but was in the house. The coin was lost, even though it never left the home. And the coin is not a tax collector or a sinner, but it represents the scribes and the Pharisees. They who are just as lost as the sheep, but is lost while never having left the house. The first two parts of the parable tells us about God's determination. It tells us, brothers and sisters, that God loves the lost sheep. Lost sheep who is willfully wandering away from other sheep. But it also tells us about God's love for people who are left in the house. Those who have not wandered away, but who are still lost. And we all know it. Coins and people and keys and reading glasses can be lost in the house. It happens. There are those who might not know that they are lost, who firmly believe themselves to be righteous and not lost. They know there is a God and they confess God to be Lord of their lives because they know scripture, know what it means to be a Christian, know what it means to live the way God calls for us to live. Know that we are called to love God and to love one another. But they don't. And that makes them lost. These two parts of the parable is then summarized in the last part of the parable, the story of the prodigal, which we all know so well. But it's a story, brothers and sisters, that is worth reading again with the first two parts of the parable when you get home today. Because it leaves us with a question, who is lost? Who is the most lost? Is it the sheep that's wandering away somewhere? Is it the coin that managed to roll away? Is it the youngest son who leaves the home with his share of the inheritance? Or is it the oldest son who always stayed faithful to his father? Who served his father with everything he had? But I hope that you will get it that more than the lostness, more than being lost, that this parable tells about God's joy. That it tells us about God's wish that all who are lost will be found and will come home. Because, friends, brothers and sisters, God finds immense joy when sinners return home and when sinners are found. So on rally day, what do we wish for? What do we as Mount Pleasant plan for here at the beginning of a new year in ministry? 
do we hope we're going to get everything right? Or do we do what we do to try to find the lost sheep and the lost coin? And through doing that and while doing that, try not to be lost in the house of our Father where there is always immense joy. Amen.